Hello everyone, welcome back on this beautiful weekday, this Monday. Today I'm going to talk more about masturbation. Well, actually no, it's porn. I'm going to talk about porn. I'm going to talk about porn and sex and mental prisons and the dating world. Uh, At the end, I talk more about the mental prisons and the being woke and shit. So if you want to listen to that, you can skip to the end. But I talk about, um, we're going to talk about some interesting shit today. So stay tuned. You can go to my website, tstuch.com, T-S-T-U-C-H.com. Go to my YouTube, uh, Taylor Space Stutch, T-A-Y-L-O-R Space S-T-U-C-H. Email me, tayradio1 at gmail.com. And thank you. Enjoy the show. All right, guys. Let's jump into the fun, shall we? So uh, first, I want to provide an update that I have so far gone a whole month without watching any pornography. So um, now the and I'm saying like not even one video, um, you know, nothing like that. So I was already pretty much on the not doing a whole lot of that, not watching a whole lot of that. But uh, it's been an interesting experiment. So I'd like to say that I'm going to I'm going to shoot for not watching it again. Um, of course, you know shit happens, but I'm going to try to take that day at a time approach, which is so funny. So this is super interesting. That this is even a conversation, a situation. It shows you how available it is. Now, I am not saying that porn is uh, a horrible thing and that no one should watch it. It's all based on your individual situation, your individual preferences. Uh, Do you feel like it's controlling? Do you feel like it's a problem? Um, If you feel like it's a problem, then do something about it. If you don't feel like it's a problem, then don't do something about it. For me, it was – I didn't think it was an issue at all. Um, And then over the last – I would say I've gone through – uh, a couple years, the last few years, I have been dealing with the fact that it is a problem for me. And I don't even, uh, even this year and last year, I got it down to where I had really minimized how much I was watching. Like, I, I first off, it, since I got out of college, I haven't, you know, I mean, I've been in relationships and stuff like that, and I haven't, um, I'm not like a, you know, when you're a teenager, you go through periods where you're like, like, that's all you want to (laughs) do is watch that shit all day. Um, But, you know, that hasn't been the case for a long time. So it's not like I'm this guy that's sitting around all the time, got to get my fix. It's just that um, I, for me, I've noticed that it disrupts my, I think it disrupts my perception of what I maybe want or what I'm attracted to. It disrupts my perception of what I should be doing versus what I am doing. So for me, it's um, it's been important to reduce how much I watch, which maybe went from looking at it a couple times a week, which I don't think is a lot, to once a week to now trying to go for zero. Um, so, so far, it's been successful, though I have to be honest, it has been tough. There are times where I want to, you know, pull out some some videos or look at some stuff, but I don't do it. I haven't done it yet. So I am uh, excited about that. Now, I know you could say I'm a little excited. Uh, I've got a little chubby. No. Um, So that's cool. It's cool. It's also uh, 
the thing is, is that I'm all about trying to make myself a better person. To, I mean, you know, for as much as uh, that can be done, and I, I'm not so focused on the morality aspect of it so much as like the physical actions that you can do in the world. So it's like one of those things where, hey, um, I don't think I should be doing this. So what can I do to not do it anymore, or what can I do to do it less? That's kind of how that came about. Um, and going through this experiment, I have realized you really understand how um, how easy, or I guess you could say, because porn is so easily accessible now, it's it can be a problem. And I just think it's funny because, say, like a few years ago, like when I say a few years ago, I mean like a decade ago and further back, it wasn't the case. Like you just couldn't, you know, two decades ago, you couldn't just, oh, let me just pull up some new porn, right? Like you had to buy a bunch of movies or DVDs and stuff. And then before that, it was even more difficult. And so the uh, the way that it's so available, I do think that it's not good for, for us um, as a whole, but it's up to each individual to make that decision for themselves. And if you feel like, it is not good for you, do what you can to stop it. Um, and I would say don't feel ashamed either because um, there are so many things going on in the society right now where you don't – it's not always clear what we should do uh, and it's not always clear – yeah, it's honestly not always clear what we should do. Uh, I think a lot of the talk around sex and masturbation is that sex and masturbation are unconditional goods. And I don't have a problem with someone masturbating, but it's like, you know, I mean, I've been doing plenty of that since I, even though I haven't been watching porn. But I mean, um, when people talk about things like sex, it's like, dude, yeah, sex is great. Um, but it's like there are, you do have to have some restraints. So on the one hand, you have people that are too conservative that are like, no, you can never have it. Abstinence is the only way. And then on the other hand, you have people that are like, no, it's always good. It's unconditionally good. Um, and there's not enough of a talk around the nuance, which is, yes, you can have it. Be careful, though, because there are diseases. Be careful, though, because you can get somebody pregnant. And then the third uh, – another one is you need to be careful. In my opinion, this is what I've learned. You got to be careful because you develop attraction for people. And you don't want to get in the habit of developing attractions to people that you really aren't attracted to. Right? Like you can develop a sexual attraction to somebody, but you know, you actually don't like that person. And so I am not saying you're not going to have some fun. I'm not saying don't go out and enjoy yourself, but you just, you want to keep that in mind. Right? Like, and I think there are some possible downsides to that. I mean, when I was younger, it's so funny, as a younger guy, I didn't quite understand it, and I understand it now better, which was um, when I would, get with some girls back in the day back in college for example the there was an expectation that um depending on who it was it was like okay so we're kind of like in a relationship now was like question mark from there from the girl's end and i was just kind of like no uh i'm not interested in a relationship right now so like no and that was something I've really had to learn and understand. And so now as I'm older, I'm like, oh, like it's so funny. I mean, now there are times where I'm like, 
man, even though I'm really like would want to go after this person, I'm like, I actually don't like that person, you know? So it's, I shouldn't just do my thing because it's going to be complicated, right? I mean, it's a complicated situation and people don't talk about it. People want to either put it in the category of it's unconditionally bad or it's unconditionally good. And we're not having enough nuanced conversation, in my opinion, about sex. Um, People, you know, too many times it's the radicals on each side that, in my opinion, hijack the conversation. So you can't, if you're, if you want to tell people, listen, just be careful who you get with, right? Like, don't just get with people for fun all the time because you're going to, it's going to cause a problem for you psychologically. You know, like you're going to realize that. You know, you're going to de- some people you're going to develop feelings for in an unhealthy way. Um, some people you might accidentally get pregnant. Some people you might catch a disease that you're not trying to get. So, um, you know, we should have discussions about hey, maybe some people need to reduce the amount of shit that they're doing. Some people, it's okay to have some experiences, but it's like just be careful. But I feel as though when you try to take that route, people tend to jump on you as being overly conservative. Anyway, hold on. I'll be right back, um, and we'll continue. So, yeah, I was just you know talking about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Anyway, uh, I saw an interesting Instagram post by uh, Mike Cernovich on his Twitter on his Instagram stories, and he said that basically because of Tinder, or not because of Tinder, but with Tinder. We are seeing the emergence. Oh, it was the Tinder plus the pill. We're seeing the emergence of a dating situation where um, you've got uh, several women going after the same like alpha male guy, and uh, it's creating a situation where there's going to be there's like a lot of men that aren't going to get um, aren't going to get laid because the uh, you know you've got like one guy that's kind of like playing around with two, three, four women at a time. Not at once, but you know, like kind of rotating through a group of women, and those women are hoping that they he will that the alpha guy will settle down with them, but and that's where they're all giving their time, which leaves uh, an excess of men that aren't getting any attention or any love. And I think this is a very interesting situation that I have observed in the uh, dating world. I haven't directly observed this, to be honest. So I've only observed it through proxies. Um, and then uh, I've also – it's interesting because Jordan Peterson talked about this as well. So what, first off, I want to say that I have noticed that the date – just dating in general, for, like from my perspective, has been significantly more difficult um, in the last two years than it ever was. Now, I have attributed some of that just to life changes, right? So um, – so first, let me say I was in. You know, I the reason I say uh, the last couple of years is because I was in a long term relationship from like say twenty fourteen to twenty seventeen, and so um, after that in twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, um, I've just noticed that it's more the landscape's more difficult. It's more difficult to. Um, it's uh, obviously with certain things like Me Too and stuff, it's more difficult to navigate. Like, you know, if you say something to a girl, text her something that she doesn't like, she might put it on the internet. So, obviously, you know, and like blow up your name and shit. So, I, you know, there's going to be some pullback with some of the Me Too stuff. Um, but 
I thought it was interesting that um, I have noticed that too, is that uh, at least from my perspective, I'm like, hmm, it's interesting because there are girls that I'm like, huh, um, I'm having to, uh, I don't know how to put this correctly. Like the best way to describe my experiences, like um, I guess what I've noticed is that uh, there are definitely women that I have taken some passes at that I'm like really surprised that it didn't go anywhere. And uh, and I'm like, hmm, this is just weird because – now, don't get me wrong. This could be like, you know, maybe I'm just a complete fucking retard. <laughs> now, I'm like it's not that I've had zero success in the last few years. It's just that it's, le- it's to a lesser extent than I would have thought for sure. And part of it, I think, is just because of work and life. And, you know, when you're working and you're working like I am, like I don't work in an office. I work out of wherever I'm living. And so I don't have a whole lot of contact with, you know, women all the time. Um, But like, and I think the same thing with other women, like everybody's, everybody's very concerned about their careers. So this is where the pill and feminism kind of comes in real quick. Is that I feel as though with the pill and with women turning away from uh, – and when I say t- women turning away from, obviously I'm generalizing. But I think as as uh, we've seen an increase in women turning away from looking to get into family situations, they're focusing on careers and dating has changed a lot for women. So um, – you know, like when a woman is in her 20s now, like this, see, this is so interesting because I've run into this a couple times where I've gone out with a girl or dated a girl where their primary focus, and I'm not saying this is good or bad, but their primary focus is the career. And so it makes me think like, okay, this is really interesting because in the past when women had less of a choice about career, it was more about I have to find a the right guy who is going to be a combination of things. Not only will he be a good provider, but will he be a good husband, be a good father, all that stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. I know I'm simplifying. I'm overdoing it, all that shit. But I'm just saying is it was more, I believe it was more focused on I need to find a a good guy as opposed to I need to find a good career. So I I think what's happening is a lot of women right now in their 20s are uh, focusing more on career and less on like, oh, I need to find a guy that I can settle down with. And what they're doing is, is they're all kind of going for the hot guy um, or they're going for higher, what, what you would look at physically as a higher status guy, whether or not he is or not. You know, I mean, you could have a guy that goes to the gym all the time, but if the car breaks down, you're fucked, right? Whereas you could have a guy that doesn't go to the gym, just a regular average looking dude, but you know, hey, the power goes out, he can start a fire, he can fix the car, he can hunt. You know you know what I'm saying? So like you've got – you have different things um, that uh, people are good at doing different shit to be honest. But um, if, if, if the primary thing that women would be going towards is now career and then guys are kind of second in their lives and so as a result of that, they're looking to kind of have fun and as trying to have fun, they want to have fun with somebody they perceive – you know, which is maybe a certain type of guy, then we're in a situation where, um, you know, maybe there's going to be more men that just aren't getting anything at all. So 
I I have no, like I said, I've noticed a shift in all of this over the last couple of years, and I really want to know if anyone else has as well. So, um, you know, if you want to email me, you know where to email me t taylor or tayradio one at gmail dot com. Um, and uh, anyway, I'm going to continue on. We're going to talk about being woke and being too woke. Can you be too woke? Yes, I think you can. The other day I tweeted that um, I think being hyper-woke is one of the worst mental prisons that a person could put on themselves. And what I mean by that is right now we're in a culture um, where it's so interesting too. So, okay, we're in a culture where uh, in the United States it's becoming very, very popular to – you cannot say anything offensive to particular uh, minorities – and it's so funny. Some of these people aren't even minorities, right? Like people of Hispanic origin. I think when you approach like 35% of the population, I don't – even though technically you're a minority, like you're such a large presence in the country that like I don't think you could be considered a minority. But anyway, if you say something about like Hispanics or black people or women or Asians or whatever, any kind of joke, anything that could be interpreted, anything that could be interpreted as a slight – is being policed. Um, it's being policed through speech. So you, you know, like I said, if you say something that's perceived as a slight, then you're being attacked on social media in real life. Um, people are afraid to say anything that might be offensive to a particular group, maybe disabled people or whatever. And um, also, the other thing about being hyper woke is we are in. The holiday season, so hyper-woke people love to cut down all the joys that everybody has in life. It's almost like hyper-woke people are like that aunt or that grandma that uh, is just bitter about life. And so everything that comes out of your mouth, they're like, no, what about this, you piece of shit? That's kind of like how hyper-woke people are. And so I was saying that if you're hyper-woke, you have to be – it has to be the worst mental prison because you're constantly having to police – your own thoughts and everybody else's thoughts, right? Like you have to constantly be like, is that racist? Is he racist? Is he an oppressor? Is he a colonizer? Is she a colonizer? Is she an oppressor? You know, oh, you're saying that because I'm black or you're saying that because I'm a woman. You know, the constant uh, framing of ev- all – you have a, a, a set up scenario of – I know exactly why everything's happening bad to me and everybody else, and it's because of these bad things about people. And oh, we can't celebrate Thanksgiving because what about um, what about the Native Americans that died from uh, European settlers, huh? What about them? Hmm? Uh, we can't be in favor of Christianity because people have died at the hands of Christians. So what do you say about that? You know, that's what a hyper woke person would say. Of course, I was satirizing a bit, but with that in mind. I was thinking the thing about mental prisons is that you don't know you're in one, right? Like you don't – when you're in a mental prison, you don't realize that you're in a mental prison. So uh, especially the hyper-woke one. And so I think like it's so fascinating to me that hyper-woke people think that they are – that they know more. That they are more enlightened when in reality they are uh, more constrained prisoners than anyone I've ever heard because a hyper-woke person has to be critical of everything. 
They have to be critical of everything. They cannot live. Um, I have gone through bouts of this myself. Uh, when I was in college, I briefly played around with Marxist ideas. And when I realized, I mean, I realized, it's so funny, uh, after some self-reflection and understanding where the, um, I, I was in college at the beginning of this current SJW wave. And um, the I realized then that if I go down this pathway, I will make myself a victim of my own attacks. Because it was like, oh, at first it was like, oh, you've got the oppressors, you got the capitalists. And then it was turned into more and more like, oh, you know, it's white people. And then I started going, ooh, wait a minute here. Uh, so we're not doing class anymore. We're doing like white people are the bad people now, <laughs> you know? And I said, okay, so you're telling me if I start getting into this movement, I got to start hating myself pretty much. And then I'm like, okay, I'm out. Right. So, but the thing is, is these these people are in such a mental prison, especially white SJWs. They're hyper woke. They are in such a mental prison that they will hate themselves for their own skin color and ancestry. So, um, be aware of your mental prisons. Right. If you are, I mean, it's really hard. I I can't describe to somebody how to get out of a mental prison or how to identify it. But you just have to be open to the possibility that you could be wrong, I think. And you have to be open to reframing. And I think you also, what helps is experiencing life. I think the more life experience someone has in the world, then I think the less they are to attack people so viciously and critically for, um, have, for having a, uh, uh, a wrong think moment. Or for saying something that might be interpreted as a little bigoted or slightly racist. It's like, listen, when you go out into the world and you've lived and you've traveled and you've worked hard and then you come back to America and then you go, oh, they're just joking. And then when you you realize that life cannot be taken always so motherfucking seriously, that you are not that important even though you are that important, you know, when you realize that you are and are not important, then you can take a step back and go, man – I've really been going at this the wrong way. So anyway, that's all I got for today. You can leave me an email. You can hit. You can uh, leave me an email at tayradio1 at gmail.com. Go to my website, tstuch.com, T-S-T-U-C-H.com. Follow me on Twitter, tstuch1. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Taylor Space Stutch, T-A-Y-L-O-R Space S-T-U-C-H. Um, and you can also – that's it. So thank you for listening.